Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil T&D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenge themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Hardway with Anvil TD. Um, yes, we're here today, Marshall, Dan, Nathan, as literally every Present. episode so far. Present. We haven't had an absence absent yet. I thought you said we haven't had a nap since, <laughs> <laughs> since um, yesterday. Yeah. Today we are going to talk about another article. Yeah. Converted into sound. <laughs> sound waves. <laughs> That's what a podcast is. Yeah. Um, and this one was written by Marshall. Yes. And it is an opinion article. It's definitely. <laughs> I need to preface this one. <laughs> I think we should start strong by saying. This is definitely my opinion, right? <laughs> yeah. so, but I also want to start by saying that the purpose of this article is to highlight a conversation around mental health. Mm. So um, basically, there's always going to be different perspectives on an issue so, like contra- as controversial as mental health, you know, um, and this particular article was written, um, I guess, in a blind rage. By me. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. yeah. Um, but while I was writing it and before I sat down to write it, I realised that, you know, I've always got stuff to learn just like everyone else and maybe my initial reaction to something wasn't the best reaction. And, you know, as I took the time to sort of consider why I was writing it and, and what I was trying to achieve, uh, I, I came to that realisation that, you know, these are conversations that still need to be had regardless of how controversial the topics might be, but they need to be had from a point of, well, how can we discuss these two perspectives and come off better at mm. the end of the day? Yeah, so it's not about arguing, it's about uh, talking about... Yeah, yeah it's not about, yeah. you know, I think this, oh, well, fuck you, it's yeah. like yeah. this, okay, well, I think this. <laughs> what, are, um, what are the merits and what are the... So mm. this one's called What is the Difference? Yeah. Um, and so what originally sparked this one, what was the, the thing that got said, um, about, it was about our, one of our pitches. Yeah. Well, basically, so a, a comment was made about one of the pictures on our Instagram, which was of, uh, Dan following his weapon overseas at a range. Which is the, the... Which is the cover photo. The cover, yeah, the cover photo. Article. Yeah, there's a little bit of extra it's spite. Our, <laughs> it's on our Instagram, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, the the comparison was drawn between a uh, soldier on operations and a mass shooter over in the States. Because basically. at the time that we posted it was... Yeah. One there of, had been one another of the shooting, like a yeah, yeah, and a largely reported on shooting had occurred. And there was also a um, a bill passed, some legislation passed in Texas, making it easier to get your hands on firearms, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and while most of the states, in light of you know more and more mass shootings, have been trying to become a bit more strict about their firearm control. Texas had sort of gone in the, the opposite direction and, and were making it a little bit easier. And there was just all this controversy around, you know, an article had come out saying, well, why is Texas 
you know, especially after having a couple of mass shootings that year, and this was written last year. Yeah, this was um, September 2019. Yeah. So, um, basically, a, a comment was made to me about, uh, you know, maybe not posting photos of us overseas. Uh, that involve weapons. Yeah, yeah, in light of uh, all of this stuff going on in the US. And um, so the title, What is the Difference? That's what you're discussing, the difference between yeah, a uh, soldier and a, someone that's shooting yeah. for bad things. Uh, because, I mean, you know, if you've been listening to us for a little while, you'd know that we are three Australian veterans. We're all infantry soldiers. We all deployed to Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, we've served overseas. We carried rifles and pistols and, and you know, machine guns and shit overseas um, in response to a threat level that meant that if you know if we were threatened we could use lethal force over there to handle whatever you know problems we encountered encountered but within a certain rules of engagement you know so the article starts off by saying that um i was initially you know i initially reacted with you know quite a bit of anger at that comparison i was offended you know straight up um i found it pretty offensive that someone would say that you know me as a soldier overseas doing my job was basically the same Mm. as a mass shooter Mm. over in the states um and me being enraged about that i thought was pretty normal and i just thought my first thought was um how could anyone possibly make that comparison um but after a little bit of time i i realized that the comparison wasn't the point. The point mm. was that people are going to make these kinds of comparisons regardless of how I fucking feel about it. Yeah. You know, um, I have a whole bunch of opinions on things. I have a certain perspective, whether I'm right or wrong about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it doesn't change what somebody else is going to think about those exact same issues. So I have absolutely no control over somebody else making that comparison and the comparison is obviously going to get made because Mm. it did you know someone Mm. said that to me so getting mad about that getting mad about the fact that somebody's made that comparison i realized is pointless because there must be a reason why they're drawing those two dots together right Mm. um and so i figured you know i might as well sit down and explore this uh, so that the next time someone makes a comparison like that, I don't immediately just jump down their throat. And, and I didn't in this situation. I didn't completely lose my shit. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew that the comparison is going to come up again. It might not be between a soldier and a mass shooter, but there is going to be a comparison made or a comment said that causes me to react, you know, without thinking. I just go, fuck that guy, yeah. you know. Um, and I wanted to it really explore that space between something being said or something being done and me and, and me straight away just going, fuck this guy. I wanted to know why am I responding like this and what could I do better next time so that the initial reaction isn't so confrontational and maybe we can figure out why the comparison's being made in the first place and what we can do about it and hopefully open up a conversation about mm. these things, especially mental health. Because... At the end of the day, the the comparison really is, you know, the soldier who, as we know, Australian veterans have a really big problem with veteran suicide. Mm. So, you know, 
whether it's done with a gun or whatever, there is a, a pretty big problem with veteran violence, you know, whether it's towards themselves or others, but usually towards themselves. And there is a problem over in the States with mass shootings. We already know that. That's, I mean, that's fact. Um, and so there must be some similarities, you know, because the comparison's been drawn. So I figured I'd, I'd write an article, and that's what the article's about, is basically comparing, or initially I show what the difference is, but I also explore the similarities between the two and why we, should, we shouldn't just react blindly with emotion, why mm. we should sort of sit back, try to see where the other person is coming mm. from. Yeah, and that relates to a lot, like everything. Basically anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I talk about... Uh, initially what the difference is between a soldier and a mass shooter, which, I mean, that list could go on for days, really. Mm. Uh, but one of, the, one of the biggest things is, as a soldier, you know, we were overseas, we carried weapons, like I said, um, and we were prepared to use them. Uh, because, but all of our training focused on how to use them properly. You know, you treat them with respect. That thing is you know, capable of ending life, basically. Yeah. That's all it's designed to well, do. Yeah, safety was huge yeah. around weapons in the military. Yes, yeah. always one of those things, don't point it unless you're willing to use it. Well, that's and exactly right. even just accidentally pointing a weapon at someone, which is called lasing. It's like, imagine there was a laser out there mm. and don't point at anyone. Accidentally lasing someone, as we called it, was a big deal. Yeah, mm. I mean, yeah. muzzle awareness. Muzzle awareness. Was a term yeah. that was thrown around every time you had your rifle out, mm. you had to be aware of where that thing was fucking pointing because on the off chance that somehow it fucked up and it just went off, you didn't want to accidentally just shoot your mate, mm. you know? And I mean, rifles are designed pretty well these days, um, but that doesn't mean they're perfect and that doesn't mean human beings are perfect. We know that uh, based on shitloads of evidence. Yeah. Um <laughs> But especially soldiers who are operating in high-stress environments, um, even just on exercise, you know, you're low on sleep, low on food, low on brain power most of the time. So one of the priorities when you're training to be a soldier is how to use a weapon as effectively as possible but as safely as possible mm. regardless of how much fucking processing power you've got left in your brain. Yeah, and that's why a lot of the what we call drills, which is just weapon handling, so yeah. weapon drills as we called them, um, was all based around making it uh, just out of uh, nature, making yeah. it natural for you. So it would be natural for you after you shoot to maybe flick your safety on. Yeah. Yeah, or if you see someone move in front of you, that's, you know, one of your mates move in front of you, you automatically just lower your weapon yeah. without even thinking about it. And that's what you train for, um, instill yeah. that. Yeah, you basically, I mean, the weapon just becomes an extension of you. Yeah. And you treat it as such. And that's the whole point of being an infantry soldier. You know, they in the army, they talk about every soldier is a infantry soldier first or something but like yeah <laughs> well that's exactly right um and you know if you're honest about what you did in the military you know that if you are anything but infantry and this is disregarding special forces they're on a different level but if you're anything but infantry your weapon handling skills are just not at the same standard because you don't spend as much time on them mm. and then as an infantry soldier you spend basically day in day out operating rifles pistols machine guns mm. fucking rocket launchers grenade launch i mean most of the lessons that we did as secos as um corporals were 
making sure that the diggers knew how to fire the grenade launcher, how to mm. fire their rifles properly, you know, regardless of circumstance. Yeah, and it's storage too. It's not just firing. It's like yeah. some of these things are dangerous to have on you. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like a grenade, I guess, is the perfect example. Um, there's a certain way we had to not only store them and put them in the pouch, but also pull them out. Yeah. So to avoid all these potential things going wrong. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, and I think HE high explosive is a pretty, like, good... Um, humbler when it comes to yeah. like your respect for something <laughs> yeah. that can take life yeah because dudes take, shit themselves yeah. around grenades yeah. yeah even though it's perfectly safe but it really does put respect into yeah. what you're carrying and what you're using and i mean we spent endless amount of time on ranges you know and people would talk about how you know oh i don't want to go and shoot lf6 again which is just you know your basic weapon qualification but there were a lot of people that probably shouldn't be shooting more than LF6 because they still don't understand how to best use their rifle mm. and use it safely. Um, you, I mean, I even go into the article saying that most of the training we did as infantry soldiers was with blank rounds. So there's not even a fucking bullet in it. It's about as safe as a rifle can be yeah. to train with. And yet it's still treated as if it was a live weapon. Yeah. Um, so even at the wets, like yeah, yeah, even <laughs> yeah. at the wets, which, uh, which is like is, a, a big computer game, yeah, basically. It just, all it does is shoot lasers. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you've got all these like games, like Call of Duty and stuff, where it doesn't matter a few rounds hit your mate, no yeah. big deal. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, and then yeah. you've got the slightly more accurate ones, which you know, friendly fire will be turned on, and if yeah. you accidentally shoot your mate, down he goes. But respawns are enabled. Mm. <laughs> In real life, it's drilled into you that life is not a computer game. You yeah. know, one of those, one stray bullet, you know, is enough to fucking take your mate away forever. Mm. So you're carrying this thing around fucking 24 hours a day, seven days a week for potentially a period of months like we did in Afghanistan. Mm. You better be aware of what it's fucking capable of. Yeah. So the comparison that I draw in uh, the article is that you have, on one hand, you've got a soldier who their entire existence is treating this thing with respect, understanding exactly what it's capable of, knowing exactly how to use it, and any level that drops below, you know, perfect, basically isn't tolerated. Mm -hmm. you know? There's no, like, oh, you left your weapon off safe, don't do that again. Yeah. You know, or, oh, you had a negligent discharge, your weapon went off while you were cleaning it. Just try to avoid that. Just next try and time. do better next time. There's yeah. none of that, you know. It's like if that even goes off one fucking time, you're crawling for the next three years of your life. <laughs> like there's retraining involved, there's punishments, there's you know, it goes as far as disciplinary action where money is taken away from you and like you, there are physical punishments, you know, mm. you spend a week on fucking what's called rompers, but you're basically just marching around a parade ground and cleaning your battalion for like a few days at least. So, you know, you spend a very significant amount of time remembering why you should not fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> because and it's not, that's not like over punishing either because the alternative to that is you've, murdered someone, yeah, someone that's back. and that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right like when i was an instructor at singo teaching infantry soldiers or te teaching you know people that had just come out of basic training how to be infantry soldiers the name of the game is tr qualify them on fucking like 30 different weapon systems over the course of 12 weeks and how to fight like a soldier but at the same time how to obey all of the safety rules mm. you know you've these kids have like 
four or five weapons tests per week for the first six weeks of their time mm. there and every single weapons test if you do a safety breach it's an immediate fail mm. so the standard is set high right from the start there is no yeah. and a safety and breach is as little as like not putting the safety yeah. switch back yeah. on you know yeah a safety breach isn't like actually fire accidentally firing yeah <laughs> it's it's tiny yeah. yeah and there's examples of when that um has gone wrong and the repercussions of people fucking up their weapon drills a guy in our battalion shot himself in the leg yeah, drawing sure. his own pistol mm. yeah um Fuck him up. missed out on a deployment because of it yeah um, i think a guy from another battalion fucked up his leg because he rested yeah. his barrel oh. on his leg getting down from mm. a vehicle and yeah shot and the bullet went straight through his leg and i think it fucked up his leg pretty good yeah i think he lost i think he lost it yeah from what i heard i think he lost it um and then literally the year that i was training guys at singo a a digger not from my platoon thank god um went up to darwin and unfortunately lost his life because of poor um you know poor situational awareness probably poor weapon handling drills involved in there somewhere and i mean it is terrible but it shows what can happen if the training is not as safe as possible Mm. you know and the difference between us here in australia and even the soldiers over in the states is the soldiers have a 10 percent casualty rate yeah like their u.s army has like a 10 percent casualty rate on every exercise Mm. they expect people to die whereas with us here no fucking way Yeah, yeah there's like if someone even gets injured to the point where they're no longer able to do their job it's basically you know mission fail because mm. everything your entire job as a soldier is to be as safe as possible while carrying out your job because if you can't be safe someone gets hurt and then the job becomes fucking exponentially harder um so yeah basically i made the comparison saying that you've got the soldier on one hand whose whole life is respecting weapons and then on the other hand you have this guy who probably does not have the same experience the mass shooter over in the states who has access to these weapons much easier than probably anywhere else in the world i mean arguably that's not true but everywhere else in the western world i mean we know the u.s has some pretty loose gun laws Mm. especially in some states um and they probably don't have it reinforced to them like every day for their adult life of how much damage one of these things can do. So they're not treating it with respect to them rather than a tool. And I do refer to weapons as a tool of the trade for us. You know, it was one of the tools that we used to accomplish our mission. So while we're in Afghanistan, they were primarily deterrents. So we carried these weapons so that people knew we were there and we meant business. We were there as guardian angels, as bodyguards, um, and our job was to protect people. Um, and we couldn't do that job without firearms because the people we were protecting them from also carried firearms. Yeah. You know, our primary threat was called a green on blue, and that basically meant one of the people we thought was allies turning on us and actually being our enemy. So, you know, we spent day in, day out, surrounded by people that we weren't really sure would try to kill us so we carried the weapons and you know we wore the body armor and all that so that we looked like if they did that we'd know how to handle ourselves mm. and we were prepared to use them you know every single day yeah, we spent we, time at the we range just, we didn't just look cool <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah that's i mean that's another thing about the soldiers is we trained all of that time be- so that we were as prepared as possible so if shit hit the fan you know we were very capable of engaging um whereas you know with a mass shooter that 
that weapon is it has a different purpose you know it's just something that they're using as a potentially a cry for attention you know there i draw the comparison between um as a mass shooter you're using violence to send a message send a message mm. which is technically a definition in a political context for terrorism, terrorism. yeah yeah so there's um there are some very similar lines there between mass shooting as an individual or mass shooting on a grand scale yeah and i think that's a, a another one of the big massive differences is that even you could even have especially in places like america you could have someone that has been shooting weapons all their life doing yeah. these things yeah and so then the difference is like even if they have the training the difference is the per, like they're kind of the moral code they follow i think yeah um, mm-hmm. soldiers work in a very defined moral code like you know yeah um you have the legal side, which is usually your rules of engagement, yeah. and that differs depending on the threat level. Yeah. And you have the moral side, which is, you know, there's there's a definition or there's a line between innocents, like combatants, yeah. and just civilians. Yeah. And whereas people that say school shooters, public, you know, all those shootings, they don't care. They're, they're aiming for innocence they, to yeah. send their message. Yeah. Yeah. They want to have the biggest effect on um, the people that, you know, I guess, for lack of a better term, don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I mean, I draw that comparison in the article as well. Mm. I highlight the fact that, you know, soldiers are over there and they, they, in a lot of situations, they might not immediately know who the enemy is, especially with warfare these days. Um, but generally, the person on the other end of the rifle is holding a rifle too, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and if they aren't, then it's capture you know there's no reason to use lethal force if lethal force is not warranted if you're not protecting your life or the lives of others Mm. you know and there are some very uh very select circumstances where that line may blur a little bit and usually that's special operations and usually the weapon may not be an actual gun but say a phone or a radio that could just cause just as much harm Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, there are some very key indicators that say that person is intending to do damage to either you or your friends, your team, or, you know, civilians on a whole. So you, you're right. You, there's a very clear line between the people that you would use a weapon on and the people that you wouldn't. Mm. And that line can change all the time. You know, yeah. someone might put their gun down. That doesn't mean you still shoot them, you know, um, Whereas with a mass shooter, usually the people on the other end don't have weapons. Um, And I mean, I think as far as mass shootings are concerned, in an ideal world, none of them would ever have access to a weapon because they're trying to, like you said, have that impact Mm. and, you know, take out as many people as possible so that their message is more and more clear. You know, the more people they get, the better their message is heard because it just makes more news, more media attention. Um, And that is basically terrorism, but just for this one individual purpose. Yeah. Um, So that's where I said that's the difference. You know, you've Mm. got professionals who are using these tools and they are experts at them and they are safe. And then you've got people who have a point to make, basically, um, and they're willing to use extreme violence to make that point. Yeah. Um, but the article wasn't just about 
proving why I was right and the other guy was mm. wrong, you know, because to me, I can see these differences, but to the layperson, you know, to any random out there who doesn't have a lot of experience around veterans or, yeah, military or members, even people that are against them. Yeah. They might just see baby killer on one hand and baby killer on the other hand. Yeah. I mean, these people could look very similar in like, especially from the outside, you know, they both carry guns. They mm. both use guns to get what they want. Um, so I, so I said, oh, I said to myself, you know, I'm going to sit down and try and explore why this person has made this comparison. Um, because if I can understand why they've made that comparison, hopefully I can educate around what to do next, you know, mm. because if this comparison is going to get made, maybe it'll get made again. And if there's a resource out there where we can say, well, this is why the comparison is getting made, hopefully we can learn from that and move on. Um, and I talk about primarily mental health. So uh, I think one of the key similarities between a, um, a mass shooter overseas and between a soldier, you know, a professional soldier is uh, both of them probably have either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health conditions based on the nature of their situation. You know, uh, most, most veterans have been in situations that, have been extremely demanding you know uh you know operational environments are very high tempo uh there's a lot of pressure put on the person to perform and usually there's a lot of threat to life you know uh just going about our day-to-day -day lives over in afghanistan there'd be rocket attacks you know almost a weekly basis coming in and you know we didn't see them as a big threat because we've got bunkers and mm. sirens and stuff but if one of them lands on your head <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not a good day. Pretty big threat. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you had drills to deal with all that stuff, but it was all about minimizing damage, mm. you know. Um, and then with mass shooters, I think it would be very stupid to say that they don't have some kind of mental health condition. To be able, like you said, with mm. the soldier, there's a moral code there. Well, yeah, a healthy human mind doesn't think, I'm going to get this gun, find a bunch of people with, that don't have guns. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's, it's, it tends to be a lot of time women and children that they yeah. seem to target, like, weaker... People they view as weaker and yeah. they, that won't fight back. Like, they're mm. going to walk into a police station and go, I think this is All a good right, place fellas. to go. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a good place to go shooting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's always places where they know the, you know, best chance of success. Yeah. Um, so they're not... They're not in a healthy mindset to think, I'm going to go to this place, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. That's not a healthy human mind. No. Yeah, I don't think any healthy human mind wants to harm another human in any way. No, no. And, you know, to be taken to that point, there must be a reason, mm. you know. And, um, and I think that was where another similarity sort of occurred to me is in the way that um, mental health is handled for just population in general but veterans especially, is it's poor, you know. Over in the States, yes, access to firearms for civilians is easier. We know mm. that, okay. But medical health care over there is worse, you know. Mm. It's either more expensive or it's harder to access mental health care because there's not a lot of, you know, a lot surrounding that sort of stuff. Um, as well as, and I go in to point out in the article, uh, the education around mental health, especially for teenagers, kids, you know, bullying and the mental health repercussions of that sort of stuff. The, there isn't a huge amount of education around that sort of stuff. So when you look at the similarities between 
all of these veterans who take their own lives and all of these mass shootings that happen over in the States, mental health comes to the forefront as the one thing that is consistent between the two of them, you know, mm. because we know we have a problem in Australia with veteran suicides. There's no point denying that. It happens and it's still happening and no matter what we fucking do with the 36,000 mental health agencies in Australia all operating on, you know, government or DVA budget there's still veterans killing themselves. And over there, no matter what they do, regardless of what states are implementing what laws or whatever, we're still getting mass shootings. Mm. Although COVID may have stopped that. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, stateside, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we can, we can clearly see that there is a problem with both demographics in the sense that poor mental health is consistent between the two and that needs to be addressed if we expect this problem to go away. Um, so I recognised in the article that there actually are some similarities between the two groups, you know, um, and that the best way to go about talking about this particular thing is to try and open up the conversation around mental health because, mm. you know, it's, it's not enough to say, oh, yeah, sometimes you get sad or, mm. oh, yeah, we recognise there is a mental health problem okay, that's great, but what the fuck are we doing about it? Yeah. Uh, because to recognise it is only step one. You know, there still needs to be an open conversation, especially about the hard shit. You know, it's, it's too easy to talk about mental health when everyone's feeling good or when, you know, you've just gone through a low or whatever, but it's it gets hard to talk about mental health when there's fucking suicide involved or mass shootings mm. involved. Everyone's got a different agenda. Everyone's got a different reason for why it might have happened, mm. you know, and nobody's willing to just forget all of the fucking reasons and go, okay, but it still fucking happened. Mm. It's still going to happen. What are we going to do about it? So that was sort of the point of the article is to hopefully, um, and I mean, if you want to read it, head on to anviltd.com and just type in what's the difference. It should be on there somewhere. Um, it's not a long article. It's a pretty easy read. But basically, my goal for that is there's sort of a two-step process. The first one is if you're ever confronted by anything, you know, if somebody ever says anything or, you know, you read about something that initially makes you react with, you know, fuck that or, you know, I don't like this, your first step should not be emotional response, you know, spew out while you're right or why you're right and mm. while they're wrong. Uh, the first response should be, well, why do I feel this way and why is this person potentially presenting that argument, you mm. know, because they might not understand. They might not see things from your point of view and they're it's probably, likely. yeah, it's, I mean, it is very likely and they're probably just saying something that makes sense to them from where they're sitting, mm. you know, so... Rather than fight about it, you know, maybe explore why you reacted that way. And then the second point that I tried to make was that we need to start being more open about the conversations that we have about mental health and ideally try to take them just from, yes, we recognize there's a problem to, okay, what are we going to do about that problem? Mm. Yeah, I think the um, the openness, um, so the the line that... Um, that was said to you that inspired this article, the, you know, don't post guns. Because the, whenever there's a shooting, the big thing is gun control. Yeah. And the guns seem to be the center point of discussion. 
And I think what um, got that person to say that to you was that there was a gun in the photo yeah. and it's a bad time to be seen having guns. Yeah. And we even got a, we got a comment on social media from some lady saying, you know, I don't see what posting pictures of guns is doing for mental health. Yeah. Um, and you replied to that and you said something similar to what we've been saying now, which is that being open about like if we're too scared to talk about the things that are causing mental health issues and one of those is guns in the military, uh, using weapons in the military, a yeah. lot of the traumatic um, events that happen is based around the threat to life yeah. from the weapons used. Um, and if we can't even post a photo of something that veterans use it almost every day and yeah. overseas definitely every day mm. if we can't even post a photo of that and that photo is from our deployment yeah of the weapons mm. we're using every day and like what is it if we're too scared to post photos of veterans with weapons um what does that say to the guys that we serve with what does it say to other guys yeah. that have served like what's the point of us saying yeah get better veterans and then be and then too scared to do <laughs> yeah. like post shit that they've that they can you that know they're they proud can, of you know? well yeah they're proud of and they can relate to it's like oh yeah. i did that you know and so we're going to be open about it. Yeah. And th that's what we've said each time. We're not going to hide away from the things that some people may be too scared to talk about. Yeah. And I can I can see how some people may go, oh, there's like, and the general relation they seem to find is there's a gun in that photo. Guns are bad because of this that's just happened. Yeah. You shouldn't be posting that. Um, if that's the level of thought you're going to apply to something <laughs> that like you need to look a little bit deeper and maybe go, you know, there's not much you can really argue with someone like that. You know, no. If if any gun they see in a photo is bad, you know, I don't know what, how much I can really convince you of anything if all you just see is gun equal bad. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the education has to be there as well. Absolutely, like, yeah. I, I, and you're completely right. With, um, with veteran mental health especially, acknowledgement of their experience is is step one basically mm. like and i mean that's probably pretty good advice for anyone's mental health you acknowledge that what they've gone through is was probably hard or life-changing or you know it's a unique experience yeah, and it's trying to, you're trying to bridge that gap with that relation yeah. so you know part of what we do here is we try and bridge the gap between veteran to veterans because they have a lot of trouble opening up to people that don't know their experiences yeah and um the other day, we mess like I messaged someone on our, the Anvil social media page because um, they'd post something about struggling mental health. So I said, "Hey, I know we're not the kind of guys that probably relate to a lot of your issues, but if you ever need someone to talk to, it's cool. Or we can try and find a we know a psych. Maybe they can recommend someone." Yeah. And I try, you know, because I knew that I this person is completely different from me. They're not a veteran or anything. They, you know, they're not not even a dude and all this stuff. So it's like probably not a lot of things I can relate to them on a personal level. So I may not be the best person to talk to them, but I wanted to try and bridge that gap. Yeah. But they are probably are better off speaking to someone that knows their issues a little bit better or well, someone that can relate to them a little bit better or they relate to maybe. And on top of that, I mean, they're better off speaking to someone than well, not speaking well, at that's, all. Yeah, that's the behind all that. That is the thing. That's why I wanted to send something so they do have a bridge, you know, on the fucking using bridges still. <laughs> they have a bridge they can cross to speak to someone. I yeah. don't want them to feel isolated or stranded. Yeah. You know, they've got no avenues to go down. Yeah. It's and better to have if, something. Yeah, even if they don't kind of use, like, use you to go talk to someone, at least you've showed compassion towards well, them. And, the, yeah. and they, they can see that... Okay, someone somebody does cares. care about yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny exactly you say wrong. that because that's exactly what they said. Yeah. They must be saying it's so good that someone cares. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, cool, well, I, you know, maybe they will in the future. Maybe I can recommend a psych for them or whatever it might be. But it's cool that they, at that moment, know that someone saw that and cared enough to yeah. say, hey. And it yeah. can be literally that simple. You mm. know, it can be as simple as, 
And it should be as simple as mm. saying, I don't get it because you probably don't. You know, yeah. chances are no matter what you've been through, you probably don't have a complete understanding of what somebody else is going through. That's just life, you know, yeah. and that's the human condition. But it can be as simple as saying, I don't get it, but I still care, you know. Mm. And if you want to talk, I can do it. Or if you don't want to talk to me, you should talk to somebody, you know, whether we point them in a direction just because mm. that's our job, basically, yeah. or whether we encourage them to find a friend or, you know, someone to reach out to. And on the flip side of that, you know, if someone is trying to reach out, you know, if somebody is saying to me, saying to you, I don't feel that great, you know, I don't feel so hot, you know, the proper response probably isn't me too <laughs> or, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the proper response is, do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. You know? And then they can make the decision. You know, you've given them that opening. They, yeah. you, they can go, uh, actually, maybe not right now. I don't really feel like it. Mm. Or maybe they don't want to talk to you, but that sentence might be enough. That question might be enough for them to go, oh, I don't really want to talk to this person, but I'm probably going to go talk to someone else. Yeah. You know, because at the very least, you've shown them that it's not just, it doesn't just end with I'm feeling shit. Yeah. It that's the beginning of a whole nother conversation. So when, I mean, and we've sort of drifted a little bit from the original article, but these are all really important things when it comes to mental health and opening up that conversation is it's not a sign of weakness and it's not Mm. shameful to share this kind of stuff. Um, especially when it comes to vulnerability, you know, and this is, I'm particularly targeting the veteran demographic here, but it's, you will be stronger and you'll be better off in the long run if you get these experiences out into the open with somebody you trust, you know, preferably a mental health professional um, that can help you work through this shit because if there are certain things that will trigger you or there are certain things that make you just react in anger, like, I mean, we've all been there, especially me, you know, I know how that feels. This article is literally evidence of that. Um, but if that is a reaction that you have to certain things being brought up, that's not something that you should just ignore. That's a flag that you need to go, okay, maybe I need to address this. I need to explore why my reaction is like that. And you should explore those things with somebody that you trust and with preferably a professional that can help you say, okay, well, this might be why you react this way. And this is how you can prevent yourself from reacting that way in future. Did you have something to say? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're just looking at me like, like <laughs> please shut up. <laughs> no, I was, wait, I was just waiting because I expand. Um, and, I, you know, as much as everyone hates the word, um, the, that's a tr- they're called triggers. Yeah. Um, and that, a trigger doesn't mean... That word to, triggers it's not, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. This whole conversation is Yeah, it's a whole trigger. And trigger doesn't have to mean, oh, it's triggered me, now I'm going to cry and, you know, you know, the whole fucking snowflake, I'm tough and they're not kind of thing. It's a trigger me, yeah, that made me really angry, so that's triggered your anger. That's why it's called a trigger. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the way, from my experience, the way a mental health professional will try and address is like, next time that happens, can you try and figure out why yeah. um, you yeah. got put into that mood? Let's... And if that's if you don't know what the trigger was, you may be able to find with it, out what it is. And then, as Marshall was saying, once you know that, you can look further into it and think, why does this cause me to feel that way? Yeah, yeah. And that was a big tool that I got when I went and saw a professional mm, yeah. that I didn't have. I would just get angry, or I would just have a panic attack, or whatever. Mm, yeah. But when I went and saw a professional, they gave me that tool. Yeah. They're like, okay, when it happens try and figure out why it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And when I started doing that, 
shit changed so much. And yeah. I mean, it's um, interesting that you bring that up because I mean, when we were in the army, we had a um, an instructor on our sub two who don't bring him up. <laughs> I still hate him so much. No, no, this is a different guy. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, we had an instructor on our sub too who would ask all these like real weird questions, right? He was like a bit of a tripper. um, We called him like, he was like Jack Sparrow's dad. Yeah, 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 we called him Jungle Keith because he literally looked like Keith Richards, but he was in fucking jungle warfare attire, right? (laughs) Anyway, he would come up to your pit while you were digging or whatever and he'd ask you all these like relatively obscure leading questions to fit, you know, to get you to consider the battle space and like look at the tactical <laughs> picture and basically all the shit, like try and figure out what's going on around you rather than just being absorbed in this hole in the ground. And the answer to every question always <laughs> seemed to boil down to the word time, right? So in the in the army, you learn very quickly that you can answer almost every single question with security. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why do we do this? Oh, security. You know, because we want to stay safe. Mm. But on this particular course, the answer just turned out to be time instead. With this one, and guy. he <laughs> would just say, "Oh, why do we want security?" And we'd be like, "Well, we're fucking stumped now. Yeah. There's no other reason. You just want to be safe." And he'd go, "No, because it gives you time." And he uses hands a lot. Yeah, yeah, he uses hands. <laughs> okay. Anyway. It was a learning experience for sure because, and it correlates to this weirdly, it just sort of came to me <laughs> because what you're looking for when, you, when you're considering why something is pissing you off is some breathing room between the event occurring and your reaction to it, right? So you're looking for to increase the time between something happening and me just losing my shit basically i think there's a um specific heart rate literally because i was in a relationship at the time when i was first getting help and one of the big things was the cooling off period before you address it yeah and yeah she literally said there's like a certain heart rate once you drop below that you can then start making more logical decisions i'm imagining like a couple sitting at two (laughs) different sitting on two different couches looking at the heart rate just looking up it's gone as soon as this comes down i think it's gonna get it 145 beats per minute to be honest. or 115 beats per minute once uh, yeah. it drops below that yeah. anyway think sorry clearly. no Back you're right um yeah so there's a biological response which and nathan's right there's a stress response when something happens yeah. you know and you know your system gets flooded with adrenaline and cortisol there's biological shit going on when you have a reaction to something it's not just i'm getting angry it's my body reacting to perceived threat or mm. whatever um and the way you handle perceived threat, your fight or flight response, is generally how you you know continue to react, and your body learns to do that. So Nathan was talking about um, he would either get really angry or he might have a panic attack, and that's literally the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Some things would trigger him to fight; he really wants to go, or some things would trigger him to flight, and that's the panic attack is him going, "Fuck, I got to get out of here! I'm panicking." And to prevent these things. We want that breathing space between event and reaction. And, I mean, there's a whole bunch of philosophy into that breathing room as well. But to keep it relatively simple, asking yourself the question, why am I responding this way, is just sort of a a little trick to give yourself an extra couple of seconds. And those extra couple of seconds are going to buy you some minutes. Mm. And then hours, and then maybe maybe you don't need that long, or maybe you need a day or two to process. Well, that's what I found um, after taking the time. Usually, 
it was just nothing. Like it was, mm, yeah. you're like, oh shit, that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I had that at the start of this article, I talk about my first reaction when I, um, when this guy said this thing to me that just made me fucking fire up. So I was like, I'm so pissed off. I'm going to go fucking fold my laundry, <laughs> which I hate doing. Yeah. Like it was like my least favorite thing to do. I've literally got laundry sitting on my bed right yeah. now. That's how much I hate Mine's doing in my it. basket. So I'm slightly more organized, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just, I'm just averse to folding laundry. I just don't like it. Mm. But this guy made me so mad that I was like, you know what? Fuck that laundry specifically. <laughs> but that's one of my, you know, coping things is rather than immediately blow up back at the person i go and do i try to go and do something Mm. else or i do my very best to remove myself from that situation whether it's a text message or whatever i just put my phone down and you know and then smash your phone yeah Yeah. (laughs) out the window it goes text nathan or message nathan i need a new phone again (laughs) um put it on the work bill (laughs) but yeah, I give myself that breathing space and like I was pissed off and I'm thinking about all these arguments I'm going to go back and fucking like smash this dude with and like as I'm folding all my underwear and like putting it away and like knife handing my bed, yeah, at, over <laughs> time, the, how yeah. You <laughs> punching the uh, pillow. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this happens all the fucking time. <laughs> as I'm doing this, I like I'm starting to realize, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal. And at the same time, why is why is this comparison being made in the first place? And I just went, well, that's what I'm going to try and explore with this article and hopefully encourage other people to explore when something pisses them off or they have that reaction. And ideally, we start to promote a culture of, you know, somebody says something and regardless of how it makes you feel, you the first question you ask yourself is, why is this person saying that thing? Um, And then if you can do that before you react, you're going to be able to come out of that conversation, probably either learning something or the other person learns something or you both fucking learn something. Mm. And then we can make progress on something as controversial as mental health, because rather than everyone hearing something and immediately firing up because it's not what they think or how, what they believe or how they would react to a situation, they're instead of considering their emotions they're considering where the other person's coming from and then hopefully we make a bit of progress yeah my my tactic for trying to put myself in the shoes of the other person when i strongly disagree or even a little bit disagree um i guess more so for when i strongly disagree with someone is or i'm trying to understand why they feel so strongly about something that is just ridiculous to me yeah so i think what's something i really strongly believe in yeah and you know something and everyone has something that are like there's no way i'll never stop believing this yeah and now imagine physics <laughs> science yeah. yeah basic math you know and for some people that may be their faith it, yeah it may be you know oh, fucking whatever um and now imagine Might be gun control yeah <laughs> gun control now imagine that person feels as strongly as you do about that thing though yeah, and, yeah. you know and then try and, and how think, unshakable imagine, yeah imagine how unshakable that is and the someone's trying to convince them otherwise about something they feel that strongly in. yeah and you'll probably be like mm, i can kind of see why they're being so difficult about this yeah. or so you know and i mean it can be as simple as rather than saying that's fucking stupid, mm. it can be as simple as saying, well, why, why do you think that? You yeah. Know? Can you explain to me why you believe the things? Because most of the time they're going to be like, because it's just dumb. Cause <laughs> they're not going to, or they're they're, not gonna or even they might have why? a genuinely good yeah. reason, yeah. you know? And 
you need to be open to hearing that reason. But if they can't explain why they feel that way, that can be a pretty good indicator to you that maybe they haven't examined the things they believe in as you know as deeply as they should Mm. but it can also be a pretty good flag for you to go back and examine the things that you believe in you know so you should probably you know and i try to do this pretty regularly is you know i try to um encourage it's known as a growth mindset but i like to term it as a a challenge growth mindset uh where you know the idea of a growth mindset is that whatever you think now you can still learn more i like to do it the way I put it into practice myself is I like to regularly challenge the things that I personally believe in by reading things that I might not initially agree with mm. or trying to find, um, you know, sources that contradict the stuff that I believe. And then I will compare the two and hopefully weigh up the pros and cons of everything, just like I've done in the article, weigh, literally weighing the pros and cons and then either coming out having learned something new and I then believe that until... I find something else to challenge it or I am more firmly rooted in the things that I believe because Mm. I know this is why I believe this stuff. This is the evidence against it. And this is why that stuff is not as correct. You know, and I think we were watching Joe Rogan, Elon Musk recently, and this is probably a good point to sort of finish on is rather than trying to be right every day, try to find a way to be a little bit less wrong, you know? Mm. So rather, you know, self-improvement and progress, it usually comes from a point of being slightly less wrong today than I was yesterday. Mm. And so I'm not hoping for, you know, light year jumps. I'm not trying to be a completely different person tomorrow, but I would, I just want to do one thing a little bit better, or I just want to, and that's, I mean, we do that in the gym. We should be doing Mm. that in the rest of our life with the things that we believe, you know, so try and challenge the stuff that you do believe in so that the next time somebody else challenges you and hopefully they ask you the question, why do you believe in those things? You have a good fucking answer for them. Mm. Yeah, oh. well, I guess that kind of wraps yeah. it up. Yeah, I think we um, yeah, wrapped it up in more, I think. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good to, I guess, add that, add the extra on to the end of it. Yeah, um, I think so too. That this article wasn't you just trying to yell at a guy would turn it around to mental health as well so yeah all right well thanks for listening and we'll see you next time yeah thank you we're anvil td this is the hard way podcast thanks for joining us for this episode of the hard way with anvil tnd this is all made possible by listeners like you so thank you for your support if you enjoyed this one hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show make sure to visit our website www.anviltd.com and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, train smart, train hard.